I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet, if you will, just one more time, and I don't think you'll stand again. Hallelujah. This is a church of stand. Heaven and all the stand. Stand. First Peter, chapter number three. And we're going to start reading in verse number one. First Peter, chapter number three. We're going to start reading in verse number one. And you right there, say amen. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your dormant be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid within its terror. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again for this great privilege and opportunity to feast upon your word. Your word is true. Your word is life. And God, we thank you that this, your word, has been given to us to give us instruction on how we ought to live more particularly and specifically, how we are to interact with each other within the context of marriage. And so, Father, we open our hearts today and we ask that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit, that you would give us revelation, insight, and wisdom. I pray every heart would be open. I pray against every distraction of heart, soul, and mind that, God, that we will be fully enjoined to what the Spirit is saying today to the church. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We are continuing uh, our series entitled Stay Together. And I just want to kind of bring you up to speed on what we have been talking about for the past uh, couple of weeks. Uh, the first week, uh, we took a look at the origin of marriage and its purpose. We highlighted the fact that marriage was God's design from the beginning. Uh, we stated in that particular message that man did not create the institution of marriage, that it was God who created it. Therefore, God determines how it is to function. We also highlighted the fact that marriage ultimately is a picture and a reflection of Christ and his relationship with the church. And so we understood that marriage is much more than us just getting along together, but there's a deeper meaning behind marriage. And so we really explored that. Uh, we also pointed out in that particular message that God's original design in marriage was that it be between a man and a woman. I say that because I understand today that marriage is being redefined by our world. But how many know that, that, that God is says he's a designer of marriage? He's already predetermined how it's supposed to work. It is between a man and a woman. So, so if the, our culture is drifting towards something different, that's the culture. But God ordains that which he has set in order. Are you understanding what I'm saying today? 
Secondly, uh, last week, we really uh, looked at God's design for the husbands in the marriage. So we explored what godly leadership really was all about. We understand that godly leadership really is about uh, taking the lead, being the initiator. We talked about the fact that godly leadership at its core is about sacrifice and service. That, that, that men, if we capture the heart of Jesus and how he related to the church, then we would, we would give our wives uh, a, a, a more uh, a comforting feeling as it relates to uh, being the leader in the home. So we looked at that last week in great detail. Uh, we also echoed the fact that godly leadership uh, also initiates in the area of reconciliation and forgiveness. We talked about that in, in great detail. We talked about that ultimately that it is the husband that is responsible for caring for the needs of his family. Ultimately, it's not to say that the wife cannot assist in that, and she often does, but it is to say that when all the chips are done, when all is said and done, that it is the man who is ultimately responsible. And we looked at an example of that when Adam and Eve had sinned in the garden, and Eve actually was the one that, that had initiated the disobedience, and then Adam just kind of followed along with it. And when God came looking, he called for Adam because Adam was the man. He was the leader. And so we understood that. And so today we want to continue in that same vein. And I titled my message something that I think you guys are really going to like. It's called Beautiful Submission. <laughs> now the reason I say beautiful submission is because I understand that submission in our society is a dirty word. Uh, uh, don't look at me like you'll know what I'm talking about. It is a dirty word today. Uh, nobody likes, in, in fact, you've heard me say this before, that I believe that we live in a culture of rebels. I just believe that. And how many know that, that, that our society today, that, that we don't like nobody to tell us what to do? Uh, in fact, when you talk to mo a lot of couples within the context of marriage, and oftentimes they will tell you, if you ask them, they, you know, they will never mention the word, nobody will, will ever mention the word submit. Nobody will ever mention that uh, because it is a dirty word. It's a word that symbolizes uh, uh, problems because oftentimes, uh, you know, leadership has not always responded well. Leadership has not always done what it was supposed to do. But how many know that just because leadership is not what it's supposed to be don't mean that we throw out God's word and say, you know, we're going to forget about it. Uh, you know, how many know that it was a drifting away from God's word that got marriage into trouble? And how many know that, that it's, a, it's a coming back to the word of God that's going to make it right? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And so we must be a people that truly embrace the word of God as it relates to our marriages. Not the world, but we must embrace. So it's more than just reading the Bible and saying, I know what the Bible says about it. But it's coming to a place where you say, well, you know what? I'm going to embrace what God's word says about this issue. And so when headship and submission are followed according to the biblical pattern, how do you know that it is truly a marriage made in heaven? And so, so we want to talk about this today. We want to talk about what submission is. Many have looked at submission, particularly as it relates to marriage, as a cultural leftover from the first century. In other words, you know, the Bible is outdated. How many of you have ever heard that? 
That was, that was for that time, and this is a different time. Uh, but, you know, how many know, but when you read the word of God, this goes all the way back to the beginning. How many know that God's word never changed? Culture changed, attitude changed, we changed, but God's word never, ever changed. And God has not given us permission to change his word. For the scripture says that forever your word is settled in heaven. And so God is not going to change. And God don't drift with the culture. And if you call yourself a believer, you shouldn't be drifting with the culture either. Mm. So let's talk about this issue of submission. How many know that all Christians, if you are a holy, how many will say today, Pastor, I'm a Holy Ghost field. If you, oh, you just walked right into my chat. No, I'm just kidding. But if you call yourself a Holy Ghost-filled Christian, you ought to be a person that, 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 that is submissive by nature. How many know that Satan himself was kicked out of heaven because of his what? Rebellion. The Bible, the Bible said that Jesus said, I saw Satan fall out of heaven like lightning. He thought he was better than the rest of the angels. He rebelled. And how do we know that he's brought that spirit down to the earth? And so as believers, we must adopt and we must have an attitude of submission. It doesn't mean that I'm just simply to be a walkover. It, what it means is that I have no problem with following authority. And if you're sitting here today and you struggle with that, then let me tell you, you need to get delivered. Because Christians ought to be people that, that, listen, listen, we ought to be people that represents respect and honor of authority because the Bible says in, uh, I believe it's Romans chapter 13, that God has ordained authority. We said the other day that, that the society is set up on two pillars, authority and submission. If they don't work together, we're going to have chaos. You understand what I'm saying today? So let's look at a couple of verses. So number one, the Bible calls us to submit to human authorities and their laws. First Peter 2, verse 13 says, Therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Everybody say the Lord's sake. Whether to king as supreme. How many know that we're supposed to submit to every ordinance? That means that Christians ought to obey the traffic laws. Amen? That means that Christians ought to uh, be people that, um, uh, you know, that, that we don't resist the laws that are in place. It's one thing to say, for an example, how many of you like all the laws that are written? Nobody like all the laws that are written, right? But how many know that until things change, we ought to be people, unless those laws violate the integrity of God, then we ought to be people that, that obey the law. How many know Christians ought not be lawbreakers? Christians ought to pay their taxes. Christians ought to obey the traffic laws. Christians ought to be examples in our community. The, the Bible says, he says, obey every ordinance, every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Romans 13, verses 5 through 7 says this. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers. How many of you have ever thought of the IRS being God's minister? So something just don't sound right with that. But they're God's minister. They don't always act like it, but hey, they're God's minister. Attending continually to this very thing, render therefore 
uh, to all their due, taxes to whom tax are due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. This is who we're supposed to be. The Bible says we're also to, supposed to submit to our employers and our bosses. First Peter 2, 18. I'm just talking generally here about submission. We're going to get to the women within context of marriage in a moment. Let's stay with it. First Peter 2, 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle. Uh-oh, here it is. But also to the harsh. <laughs> How many know the Christian, God wants you to be obedient and he wants you to, to submit to, to your boss, to your employer? Well, I don't like him. I don't like his attitude. I don't like his personality. You know, I understand that. But how many know God still wants you to submit? I, I, I knew one time of, of a lady who was very upset and she didn't like the new, um, the new uh, boss that she had gotten, the new supervisor. And she and I and I talked to her about it. And, and what she ended up doing is she developed a whole crew of people to go against the supervisor. But and she said, I am I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. And here she is. I mean, just, and the issue was I don't like his personalities. I don't like some of the things that he's instituted. She don't like change. So she decides she's going to get a coup together and we're just going to rip this thing apart. A long story short, she ended up getting booed out. She got ripped apart. How many know? that God expects us to submit to our masters. He expects us to follow and obey in, in that way. Um, we are called to submit to one another. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. See? So we're supposed to, within the body of Christ, there should be an attitude of submission. So it's not, listen, you're not just to, for an example, I'll give you an example, not just to submit to Pastor Bailey, it's authority, but also delegated authority. How many know that we ought to have a spirit of submitting to one another? The idea is here, what the Bible is teaching us, is submission is a biblical principle. And we should be people that, that if your Holy Ghost feel you love the Lord, you should have no problem with submission because we're called to do that. Now, Peter gives a command, and, you know, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, he gives a command that a wife should uniquely... Uh, submit to her own husband. <laughs> In order for the marriage to truly work, husbands must lead like Christ, and wives have to submit like the church toward Christ. She is to submit to her husband unlike she submits to any other man. She is not required to submit to all men like she does her husband. And so we talk about the context of marriage. How many know that, that there's a unique kind of way that a husband and wife are to relate to each other. In other words, you have no authority to come and, if you're a man, you have no, no authority to come and tell my wife what to do, and vice versa, right? I mean, we, we can't do that. And so, so now we're, we're talking specifically within the context of marriage. Now, I wanted to lay that foundation about submission because I really want you to catch the spirit of submission. Because I know some of you are probably thinking right now, but Pastor, what about those situations that I don't like? What about those situations I don't agree with? What about those situations that just seem to violate the word of God? We've already said from the beginning that, that we are not to submit to anything that violates the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? If somebody asks you to sin against God, I mean, you're not going to submit to that. But if it's a personality issue, you just need to get over it and move on. Pray to the Lord, give you a new supervisor, or pray to the Lord, move you, all that. But your attitude is this. You're the boss. I'm going to listen to what you have to say. That's the way we're all to live. So in 1 Peter chapter 3, 
So now we got submission. We got sort of an understanding of what God wants us to do with this issue of submission. I want to look at uh, the portrait of a, a godly wife for a moment as described in 1 Peter chapter number 3. So first of all, the Bible said that uh, if you look at verse number 5 of 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, for in this manner in former times, the holy women who trust in God also adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. So but I want you to catch something. It said these holy women trust in God. In other words, these holy women of old, the reason why they submitted to their husband's leadership was because they first trust in God. In other words, they submitted to their husband because they understand that God wanted them to do it. And so their hope and their trust and, in their, and their inspiration was God himself. Number two, she is a fearless woman. In uh, verse number six, Sarah obeyed, Lord, uh, obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. In other words, this is a woman that is not motivated out of fear. She is motivated out of her love and her passion for the things of God. This is a woman who is optimistic about her future. This is a woman that's confident. And uh, you read Proverbs, 20, uh, uh, Proverbs 31 uh, explains this godly wife, and she's a woman of confidence. She's, she's intellectual. She's smart. She's bright. She's all of this. She's a fearless woman. That means that she's optimistic about the future. Number three, her beauty, we're talking about a godly woman, her beauty is defined by her character. Everybody say character. character. Her beauty is defined by her character. Look at verse number three uh, and four. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. But rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. So first of all, first of all, this woman is defined by her character. You see, ladies, how many know ladies that if you spend, mm, I can't say that because I might get in trouble. But, but, you know, ladies like to spend an awful lot of time in the mirror looking pretty. Amen. 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 My wife, like, I just talk, my wife like to do it. But how many know that as much time you spend in the mirror on the outer, you ought to spend that much time and more on your inner person? You see, you see, the holy women of old, see, it was their character that defined them, not just outward appearance. You see, now, in some of our old church cycles, they used to teach that, 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 that you can't wear pants in the church, and you can't wear lipstick, and you can't wear... That's not what the scripture says. Look at the neighbor said, that ain't what the scripture says. What he's saying is that, that ought not to be your main focus as a woman. That what should be your focus is your character, who you are as a person. That should define your beauty. And how many know that when you're beautiful on the inside, oh, it, it make the outside look real, really nice. How many know that even if you ain't so hot on the outside, if you're beautiful on the inside, it'll cover it? I was hoping if I said that I wouldn't get in trouble. Y'all received that okay. I actually practiced how I was going to say that. So, 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 so her beauty is defined by her character. That she spends time working on the way that she, the way that she carries herself, her communication, her integrity, her strength, her inner beauty. This is what defines a real woman. 
<laughs> you know, we got, you guys, we got some people on, on you, know, you know, they like to do the selfies, you know, somebody, I'm not going to call them, their name start with a K, you know, and they just always, hey, just, just leave it there, just don't say nothing. Just, but, you know, they click, click, always, you know, that's out of beauty. But how I many know that that's not what a holy woman is defined by? She's defined by her inner beauty. Number four, she possesses, she possesses a gentle and quiet spirit. See, a, 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 a godly wife is a woman that possesses a gentle and quiet spirit. Proverbs 21.9 says this, better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. And all the brothers said, now run. <laughs> <laughs> See, when it says that she's a gentle and quiet spirit, it doesn't mean that she doesn't talk. It doesn't mean that she walk around and she doesn't open her mouth. What it means is that, that she have a disposition of rest, that she's confident in her God, that she's not argumentative, that she's not contentious, that she's not ready to fight. She, she's a woman that has a very calm demeanor about her. She's confident in herself, and she's confident in her God. So she have a quiet spirit. That means she's at rest because she knows that God got her back. Amen? Amen. She knows this. So this is the portrait of a godly woman as defined there in 1 Peter chapter 3. Now let's look at something here and let's, let's stay in 1 Peter chapter 3 because I want to talk about submission as an opportunity. Now, most wives don't have a problem, um, well, Submitting to a husband that got all this stuff together. But rarely will you find a man who have all this stuff together. Amen? Uh, rarely. I mean, you know, I'm pretty close. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but rarely will you find a man who have a... <laughs> brother raised his hands. I am too. Rarely you can find a man who got it all together. So Peter here is describing a situation. First, he calls women to be submissive. Now, the word submission in the Greek is hypotasso, which means to act, uh, to listen to, to act upon and obey one who is in authority, to hear one's authority and act upon it. It means to surrender. That's not a forced surrender, but a voluntary surrender. And so Peter here, he was talking to the church in this, in this particular time that, that there were some women that, 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 that first of all, uh, uh, they have husbands that won't act and right. Is any ladies in the house that have husbands that ain't acting right? So, so Peter was showing, Peter was, speaking to the, uh, the, he, Peter was speaking to the people of his day to let them know how to deal with situations when your husband are not acting right. Or when, or when he's an unbeliever or not walking with God, call it whatever you want to call it. Peter here is going to address it. But first, he says, wives, submit to your own husband. So that's the first thing. So wives are to submit to their husband's leadership. In other words, she comes underneath him. She affirms him. She follows him. We're going to explain more what that's all about here in a moment. So ladies, hold on. Don't go nowhere just yet. All right? And, 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 but watch what he said. He takes it a step further. He just doesn't call wives to submit to, his, to their husbands. Now, understand, he's saying that about all wives, right? That's the joke, all wives. But then he takes it a step further. Uh, that even if some do not obey the word. So, pastor, you got a problem. I've been married for about 10 years, you know. And when me and my husband got married, you know, uh, neither one of us got saved, but I had a revelation. 
I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm walking with the Lord now. But my husband ain't. So what do I need to do with him? He ain't walking with the Lord. So maybe I should. Uh, no. You in it now. First Corinthians. Look at this. First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 13 says, And a woman who has a husband does, who does not believe. Look at this. And if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. That's what the scripture says. Now, you must understand something here that, that Peter was addressing the issue that was just as common back then, uh, prevalent in his time, but it's also very, very prevalent today. So what do you do in situations when you have a husband who is not acting right? Because I can hear, I can hear in the spirit, but pastor, you don't know my husband. You don't understand what that man put me through. You're right, I don't, but God does. And he called you to submit to your husbands. <laughs> We're going to keep going. Now watch this. He said, even if they don't obey the word, watch this, that they may be one without a word. Mm, look at that. That they without a word may be one by the conduct of their wives. All right, so let's, 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 let's dig on that a little bit. So the emphasis here is to win him over without a word. So in other words, it's not, listen to me. Let me know that wives, you cannot, if you want to badger your husband, you know, if you're going to try to preach to your husband and tell your husband, you better do this, you better do that, or I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do that, that is the wrong way to do it. Can't do it that way. Peter is giving us some insight into this. You know, you know, or if you're home, for example, and your husband tried to talk on the phone and you blast the music up real loud, the Christian Holy Ghost feel music real loud because you want your husband to walk with the Lord. You want him to act right. So you turn up the music and every two seconds you're throwing the Bible in his face and you're just bashing him and bashing him and bashing him. All you're doing is you're pushing him away. Mm. That's what it is. So, so. Peter says, here's how you deal with that. He says that they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. You see, it's not in jumping down his throat. It's not in insulting him, but it's by living a holy life. Wife, if you want to change your husband, if you want your husband to act right, here's what you do. You, you act right. Listen, and don't just say I read the Bible. Don't just say I go to church, but you live it. You be a loving wife. You be a servant. You be a person with a gentle and quiet spirit. This is what Peter, Peter's giving insight into this. He says, here's how you're going to win them. You're going to win them by, by you being a person that live your life in such a way that he says, I want, I want what she got. That woman, that woman, I, I want that. That you may be won by the conduct. Everybody say conduct. That you can win him over by your conduct. Watch this. As he, watch this. When they observe your chase conduct, accompany with fear. Chase is pure, innocent, and sincere behavior. In other words, model Christianity not just by going to church or reading your Bibles, like I said earlier, but you modeled it. Not badgering him, not jumping down his throat. I've seen a lot of wives who get frustrated with their husband and they just want to keep badgering. No, no, you live a holy life 
by your conduct, the way you live. Be an example. Be gentle. Be a forgiver. Be a lover. Be all of that before him. It'll make him take wonder. It'll make him take note. This is what the Bible says about how to win them over. So understand something. Submission then becomes an opportunity. It's an opportunity to win your husband over. It's an opportunity to, to bring him to where he needs to be. But you do it in a way, like Peter said, by the way you live. The way you live your life is by your conduct and not being caught in traps where you're letting, letting go of your Christian uh, uh, principles because you're mad or you're frustrated, but you live the life. So let's talk about what submission isn't. What submission isn't. Submission does not mean agreeing with everything your husband says. How many know that you're not going to agree with everything your husband says? And if you agree with everything your husband says, then I don't know what to say about you. <laughs> but submission does not mean agreeing with everything your husband says. For example, in this particular passage, here's a woman that loves God. But here's a man, for an example, that, that may have said, I, I'm not going to follow. I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. Then, then how many know Then she's in, she's in disagreement with that? And that's okay. She's not going to agree with everything he says. And husbands, if you're smart, you don't want your, your wife to agree with everything you say because you know you, you need some help. Come on. He, you don't want your wife to agree with everything you say. You might get in some trouble. Submission, number two, does not mean leaving your brain at the altar. The Bible says, and listen to me, the Bible says that, that the husband and wife, that, that both the man and the woman were made in the image of God. So the wife is not inferior to her husband. In other words, in other words, the husband is not up here and the wife is down here. They are equal. How many know we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Three in one. Not one is less valuable than the other. They just have different roles. That's all it means. They have different roles. So a wife is just as valuable as her husband. They're the same. They are created in the image of God. So she doesn't leave her brain at the altar. I mean, why would God give a woman a brain and then tell her not to use it? Help me with that. Why would God make you do that? Why did God give you all that spirit, that intellect, that brain, and then tell you, put it on the shelf when you get married? How many know that that's the way some men have treated their wives? That you have no say in the marriage? That you just simply do what I tell you to do because I'm the man in the house? You are something, but you ain't no man in the house. Not like that. So, so listen to me. Being the leader, listen to me, listen to this. Write this now. This is a good one. Being the leader don't mean I have all the answers. It means that I'm smart enough to ask my wife. That's all it means. So listen, if you're a smart man, you want to take cues from your wife. You, have to have, you want to have conversation with your wife. Why? Because God, she's made in the image of God. And she have a mind and she can think for herself. So listen to me. Being uh, 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 submissive to your husband does not mean that I'm leaving my brain at the altar. In fact, it's just the opposite. You bring your gifts and your talent to the marriage and, 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 and you lay it all out there. Amen? You have conversations with your husband. You, you talk about things. You talk about issues. You lay it out there. Number three, submission does not mean abandoning every effort to change your husband. First Peter chapter 3 is about how to change your husband. So obviously, it's not that. 
Submission does not mean abandoning every effort. It simply means it's the way that you go about trying to win your husband. How many got wives? How many got husband wives that you want them to change something? Raise your hand. You want them to change something. So everybody, y'all understand my question? How many of you wives got husbands that you want to change some? Oh, I saw one hand somewhere like this. I ain't trying to cause no domestic dispute in church. It's just. Well, First Peter, chapter number three, have given you some insight into how to, how to, how to go about that. So, so Peter here was saying, it's about how do we do it, right? It's modeling that lifestyle uh, before him. So submission cannot mean abandoning every effort. So we want our husband to change where he needs to be changed. And I often say to women that women have that, that thing called influence and the way that they influence. I didn't say manipulation. See, that's a fine line between influence and manipulation. You see, because there are some wives that are really, really good with manipulation. That is not, that is ungodly. That is slick. <laughs> manipulation, there's a fine line. So it's one thing to influence, another thing to manipulate. And I know some people like to manipulate in the spirit of God, but that's not in the spirit of God. God don't operate. Everything about the spirit is transparent. The Bible says he is tr- he's the spirit of truth. So I'm not going to manipulate you. Yeah, honey, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. But I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm going to encourage. Everybody say encourage. We need to encourage him. Amen. There's a difference. Submission does not mean putting the will of her husband, number four, above Christ. All right? So her husband say, honey, I want you to go do a drug drop for me. I want you to go give it to to, uh, 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 Brother Yolo or... Go give this to Cookie, whatever the case might be. I just came up with something. I mean, know that if, if somebody wants to try and make you, listen to me, submission does not mean that your husband supersedes Christ, the will of Christ in your life. So if you, listen, listen, wives, you're under no obligation to follow your husband into sin. Zero. If your husband wants you to sin, honey, I love you. Honey, I will support you. I will do whatever. But I can't cheat on my taxes because I love God. And God says for me not to do that. Honey, I understand. I, I, I love you with all of my heart. But, 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 but you know, I, I can't do that. I, I can't take something that don't belong to me. I know we're having a tough time right now. But I can't do that because I'm a holy woman of God. And I'm first accountable to God. First. Jesus said this, how many know that no relationship on earth will supersede our relationship with Christ? Because we all belong to him. Remember, we're all created in the image of God, all of us. We all belong to Christ. There's no male and female in the kingdom. We talked about roles. So therefore, listen to me, there's no, Jesus said this in Luke 14, 26. Let me read this verse to you. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers, sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. There's no relationship model that supersedes Christ. None. So submission does not mean putting the will of her husband above Christ. Wives, how many know that Christ is your Lord? Number five. Submission does not mean that a wife gets, watch this, Personal, spiritual, and primary, underscore primary, strength through a husband. Now, obviously, a good husband should strengthen and build up his wife. No question about it. That we, 
you know, that a wife should do whatever she can to strengthen and build up a husband and, and all of that. We, 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 we agree with that. But 1 Peter chapter 3 shows that she is to develop her strength and her character. Watch this. Not from her husband, but for her husband. Let me say that again. First Peter shows that she is to develop her strength and character, not necessarily from her husband, but for her husband. You see, now, what, what does this do? It keeps us from treating our husbands like they're God. How do you know that uh, men are not gods? They are servants of Christ, just like you are, and we're all trying to get there together. And so here's a woman that understands that she, de she developed her strength and her character comes from the fact that she hopes in God. And because she hopes in God, she has strength for the relationship. The relationship works better because her first strength comes from God. Why is, by the way, this is to say, and let me just put a plug in, this is why it's so important that you develop a very close relationship with your God, that you spend time on a regular basis in his presence, that you are praying, that you are seeking him with all of your heart. Because let me tell you something, when you love God like that, he'll give you strength for the journey. Even if your husband don't do what he's supposed to do, if you love God the way you're supposed to love God, God will give you strength. He will empower you. He will carry you because your strength comes from him. How many know that if every marriage operated like that, when they look to God first, look to God first, how oh, I many know our marriages would be so much better? Submission, number six. Submission does not mean that a wife should act out of fear. I've known situations where men, perhaps some of you have grown up in environments like that, when men raise their voice in the house. I'm the man in here. Do what I say. Sometimes they'll even put holes in the wall to show their strength. I'm the man in here. Because we want to put our wives in fear. How many know that's not love? And how many know Christ never punches his church like Christ don't abuse his church? And no man should ever put your hands on your woman. I'm going to say that again. No man should ever put his hand on his woman except to love her. Not to hit her, not to abuse her. Do you hear me? I have very low tolerance for that. I just do. I struggle with that. But how are you going to, how are you going to say you took this woman to the altar, you, you, you said to her, I, I, I love you, and, and I'm going to take care of you, and yet you beat her. No, submission does not mean that a wife submit to abuse. Wives, that's not what it means. What it means is that within the context of a healthy marriage or within a marriage where two people are trying to live together, that they learn how to, uh, uh, to, to live their lives and they learn how to adopt their roles within the context of marriage. But it does not mean that women, if you're in a situation today and, and, and you're being beat upon, and I hope none of you are, then you need to get some help real quick. In fact, you need to get safety as soon as possible. So, see, so submission does not mean a wife should act out of fear, that she's afraid. I've seen cases where women, I've, in my, my other job, and I've seen cases when you go in the house with a wife, she's scared, she's terrified to death. 
to say anything because she don't know what's going to happen to her if she says it because he might get her. He might kill her. The number one, one of the number one, I think the number one or two reasons why police officers die is in domestic dispute situations. How many know this ought not be named in the church of God? It's not all to be us. This, this cannot be us. So submission does not mean this, this, how many know that godly submission is free and voluntary? I submit to you, honey, not because I'm inferior to you, not because you're better than me. I submit because, because I'm strong, and this is my role, and God wants me to do it. So I submit gladly to your leadership. So in conclusion, what is submission? Here it is right here. It is an inclination. Everybody say an inclination. inclination. To follow her husband and yield to his leadership. It's an inclination. She affirms his authority by following his lead. It's an attitude that says, watch this, I delight for you to take the initiative in our family. It's an attitude that says, I'm glad when you take the responsibility for things, and honey, I'm glad when you lead with love. She's, it's an attitude that says, I flourish when I can respond joyfully to your lead. See, here's, here's the thing. And this is something I think that every husband and wife couple should have come to this agreement. Now, I, I think particularly those who are in the house of God, Christians, listen to this. Um, you should let your husband know that when it comes a point in time, the two of you have discussed an issue honestly, openly, with love. If there is still a disagreement, you will graciously defer to his lead. And the reason why I say that is because no matter how much you love each other, there will be times when two people will passionately disagree on an issue. But how do we know why is that the husband ultimately are responsible for caring for his family ultimately? And so what you should do is you should come along. As long as he's trying to do the best that he can, he's talking to you. I'm not talking about making decisions you know, without talking and telling you to shut up and those guys. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an honest, open debate that at the end of the day, honey, I'm with you. I'm with you. This is what God expects. And so understanding what submission is and understanding what is not, the question then becomes, I want you to really look at your own marriage. And why I see, and ask yourself the question, and I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to answer it openly in your heart. If you're married today, am I a wife that have an inclination to follow my husband's lead? Do I affirm my husband's lead? Or do I make it really, really difficult? And better yet, I will ask you why to do this. When you go home today, have a conversation with your husband. And say, honey, Honey, do, do, do you feel like I support you in your leadership role? Ask him. Have an honest debate, an honest conversation. And then wherever there are shortfalls, begin to bring yourselves back into line of what God's word says about this issue of submitting to your husbands. Because as I said at the beginning of this message, what will make our relationship work and our marriages work the right way is going back to the biblical context, the way Christ meant it to be. 
And so when a husband loves like he's supposed to and a wife submits like she's supposed to, you're going to have a great marriage, I promise you. You're going to have a great marriage because it's rooted and grounded in Christ. 24 years now. It'll be 24 years in July that I've been married to the most incredible woman the world has ever known. And that's my wife. Sorry, fellas, I already got her. I got the best one. I, I, I got him. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and, and let me tell you something. Everything that I just read to you and I just talked about, without a question, my wife is gentle. She is caring. You all know my wife. And you know what? She affirms my leadership. I mean, she's behind me every step of the way. And you know what it makes me feel like? It makes me feel like a king, and I want to do whatever I, I want to do whatever I can to make that woman happy. I want to, you know, I want to do whatever I can. Why? Because she believes in me, and she is a strength to our marriage. You can have a great marriage as well. You can have a great marriage if you put your trust in God and you do it God's way. He'll make the difference. Every head is...